Hello, I'm Jason Ball, and this is Friends with Friends, the podcast where we discuss all 236 episodes of the TV show Friends, one at a time, and I'm here with my friends. Hi, I'm Jackie Rodriguez, and I am the Ultimate Friends fan. I love talking about the show. I watch every day, every night. It's my thing. (laughs) And I'm Vanessa Martinez. I'm the newbie, and I talk about it with my friends on this podcast, and (laughs) I'm learning everything there is to know about it. (laughs) I find it very refreshing. It's kind of, when I watch the episodes we talk about, it's like the highlight of my kind of week I, I it's like a just a nice little fun break even though i'm watching it differently than i you know we're watching this differently than we watch uh, a regular tv show because we're yeah. looking at it with a kind of a critical eye and yes. trying to make notes but anyway episode 42 season uh the 18th episode of season two the one where drake dr remore dies premiered on march 21st 1996 to 30.1 million viewers Jackie, what happened? So Eddie and Chandler finally get to know each other and they bond, but then Chandler finds out the intensity of Eddie's personality, which is at another level. (laughs) (laughs) Joey says in the Soap Opera Digest interview that he makes up his own lines, and then he gets killed off of Duel, Days of Our Lives. Um, And the couples, Richard and Monica, Ross and Rachel, have conversations about their magic numbers, which I didn't really like the conversation, but we'll get into that. (laughs) <laughs> I actually loved the conversation, but I thought it was fascinating because I think that's a, you know, people talk about that. <laughs> they do, but I like, I just didn't like how they kind of made Monica like, oh, less than a ballpark. Oh, definitely. Like they kind of made her kind of the experienced one, but they kind of shamed her in it. And I've always noticed that before, you know, so they kind of shamed her in that. And so I thought that was Interesting that they took that perspective. With and it is a lot because and the fact too that they don't ever tell you what the number is. You yes. leaves to the imagination that it could be you know a lot. Yeah. But then Richard says you know it's not that many. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's not that many, and and then it it makes a full circle, and then they say I love you to each other. So it's like it's it's interesting how that that conversation evolves because. Totally, you're just thinking it's just it's it's Monica's fault. Monica's fault. They're never going to reach a new level. But then he's totally cool with it. He's fine. So makes you like Richard even more. You have to. It's part of getting to know someone in a relationship too to have those conversations and get to know each other. And you know, mm-hmm. especially when you're an adult and you've lived a life and you you know you have past experiences that you know aren't part of your life anymore, but they're still kind of who you are and what, what you brought to the relationship. Yeah. All the past experiences develop into who you become in a relationship. Just for the record, we are not going to have that conversation. No, we're not. I don't want to know. No. I don't want to know anything about it. No, no, <laughs> no. But then also you kind of see, Ross kind of have his doubts on Rachel and they start having the conversation of, oh, you know, what's your magic number? Yeah. And, and she tells them and then, yeah. It goes, it, Ross's it goes, insecurity once again rears its ugly head. Yes. With the with, whole animal sex. Yeah, with Paolo. With Paolo. Yeah. yeah. I, and I Again, this is where you see, because Ross, like I said, the, with the list and then with their relationship develops them two together, he always feels like he's so jealous and insecure with her. And so you're going to see that more as well. And, and, um, and he realizes that later in the series when they're together, you know, but still, this is where we kind of 
first, second time we see it because we have the list, you know? So I just, I didn't really care for that either. It, it's him. irritating to see him. I mean, I, yes. I think it's real. Mm -hmm. there, you know, people do have that honest reaction. So I think it's kind of, I'm glad they did it because I think it's important to, you know, explore those aspects of relationships, but he's just annoying. It doesn't matter what happened, but he, sh and then, then the Richard who's, you know, older and more mature. Yes. Like, I mean, he wanted to know and it, it, yeah. it was important for him to know, but it didn't, you know, affect him in any way. Yeah. You see the difference between yeah. Richard and Ross and, uh, and also I just didn't like how Rachel was okay with having to deal with his insecurity in that sense and defend herself when she shouldn't have to defend herself for her past experiences. She just should be like, Hey, accept it, move on. I would have been like, okay, like this would have been a definite red flag for me. And I would have been like, bye-bye. <laughs> but then I think we also have to remember when Paula met Ross, they didn't really care for each other or Ross no, didn't really care not. for pa Paolo. So I yeah. feel like that also, there's also some history to that. Well, Paolo, Richard Paolo. doesn't know anybody. Yeah. Right. And I think actually Ross probably knows all of her exes. Because yeah. there were the ones from high school, then there was yeah. Barry and then there's Paolo. So he probably knows them all, which probably makes it worse. Yeah. And Paolo is just like a, a trigger for Ross because, again, through that experience, and Paolo is everything Ross isn't. So, you know, that that's a trigger for him. And so that's why he probably reacts that way. But a confident person that isn't so insecure wouldn't react that way. Like Richard, he was cool with it, you know. He but I will say this. It led us an insight into Rachel and why she does like Ross. Yeah. They have intimacy. They have yeah. sweetness. Connection. That that sort of thing, because you know you, you know I, I there there are points where I struggle with like why does she like him? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's annoying, and, and I like him. I actually do oh, yeah. like Ross a lot. I, you know, and I and he because he's funny and he's dorky and nerdy, and I you know I love a good nerd. Yeah, but I know always together. Together. them. Yeah, I mean you want to you know two of them together. It's just. It's a different dynamic than Ross individually and Rachel individually. Two of them together, it's 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 just and it develops throughout the series and it gets revisited throughout the series about how they were together and they actually acknowledge what they were like together. But still, it's just it's still new though because I yeah. this was not really I mean the good thing about this conversation was that you do kind of understand them a little better now. Mm -hmm. They're like yeah. as a couple. Yes. Although they, I guess it was smart to have done it that way. <laughs> Yeah. And then another thing about this whole exchange with Ross, Rachel, Monica, and Richard is the whole conversation after they have the conversation about their magic numbers, they are both in the bathroom arguing over a condom. <laughs> and this was unheard of. They didn't actually say the word condom, but we all knew what it was. But this was actually unheard of in that day to have the actual word or to have it show. Marta Kaufman said, Last year at the um, at the TV Tribeca Film Festival, there's an argument where Rachel and Monica fought over who could use the last condom. She says, we could show the box. You could shake the box so you could hear the condom, but you couldn't show the foil packet and you couldn't say condom. It had to be in the box. So I thought that was interesting that they couldn't actually say it, you know, and to have this conversation with between two women. I think this was groundbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. 90s. I really do. I, it was, uh, you know, those are 
the, what you you used to have to buy. You had to go to the pharmacist and ask the pharmacist oh. for the condoms that were behind the counter. You couldn't just go to the rack and buy them. Oh, okay. Had, and so, and there was this. Then there was this push after AIDS to uh, you know really promote condom use, and it was very controversial. And they people wanted to, Trojan wanted to advertise on television, and it was scandalous. Really? When did now, they actually start advertising in the nine in the nineties? Yeah, but it would have to be like late at night. It couldn't be mm. during the you know the family hour or you mm -hmm. know all of that. So it was uh, those safe harbor windows that you couldn't advertise it in. It, it was it was pretty scandalous to even to talk about condoms. Yeah, I I was reading that there was a uh, senator from Connecticut that told to create that told Marta that um, he immediately turned off the TV when he saw that scene. Um, because he he didn't like it, and she told him, you know, you're missing the whole point of it. Talking about safe sex, right? Yeah. I remember, Monica was like, okay, we're not doing it tonight. Um, right. They got the last one. Yeah, and and I like again, it's tackling a serious conversation, making mm -hmm. it funny, and it's it's it should be practiced, obviously. And I I like that they kind of put that in prime time. So, well, I also think it's interesting that it was the two women. Yes, that they had mm -hmm. condoms at their apartment, and that yes. they had, you know, instead of the guys bringing the condoms or, you know, carrying them around in their wallet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I don't know if this is really a continuity flaw, but it was a, it stuck out in my head is in the last episode when uh, Monica gets the phone from Ross and he thinks she thinks she's talking to Richard. And it's her mom, and she goes, "Oh, did I leave my diaphragm at your place?" Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. Why does she need a condom if she's got a diaphragm? Yeah, that's true. They, they wouldn't certainly be using both. I mean, yeah. condoms for more than contraception, you know. Yeah. Isn't things, but I, I just thought that was a little continuity error. Yeah. But, but uh, Jackie, there was some controversy. They, they, they kept the fight going with Ross and Rachel because they were afraid that once the mm -hmm. Once they got together, the audience would get bored with the thing. Oh yes, um, in that same festival, the TV Tribeca Festival last year, uh, Marta Kaufman said, um, "I remember another show, not our show, where you were interested in the show until the couple got together, and then the show went south. So they were afraid that you know because Ross and Rachel were together, that they were going to be irrelevant. So, um, so we were concerned that the coupling of any friends could have sent the show downhill. They were afraid, they were worried about them being so happy and go lucky because everybody was, you know, like rooting for them. Okay, when they get together, what happens, you know? Didn't we make a reference to like another TV show? Yeah, so uh, I think the show she was talking about was was Moonlighting with Sybil Shepard and Bruce Willis. Yes. So for, I mean, this went on, the, the chemistry and the you know the tension the romantic tension for them went on for seasons this went on for years and years and years and they finally got together and it totally ruined the show and it was canceled like the next year so maybe they had to like have them argue and show right. these different um sides of the relationship to keep it interesting otherwise they don't want the show to go south after putting these characters together yeah, people love a happy ending, but then, then the happy ending's over. And, you know, what happens? Yeah. What happens? No one wants to know after they lived happily ever after. Yeah, exactly. I feel like they've done a pretty good job, though, keeping Ross and Rachel's relationship, you know, kind of going up and down because they were going to get together, but then the list comes out, and then they fight, and then now they're together. So, so far, so good. 
Yeah, we're only 42 episodes in, and we got almost 200 to go. <laughs> and 194 going. to be exact. The whole series, they do a good job for 194 more episodes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let's just leave it at this. They'll be together, and it'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> yes, well, we'll see. We will see, right? And then while Rachel and Monica are arguing in the bathroom, Ross and <laughs> <laughs> are arguing, yeah. And I didn't get the whole argument. I don't know what Deer Hunter, any, is that, a, that's a movie? Like, I didn't understand that reference or so the legs, you know? The Deer Hunter and Coming Home are two Vietnam era movies. One, I think one, uh, Deer Hunter came out in 78 and mm-hmm. uh, Coming Home came out in 79. And they're both very graphic depictions of the of Vietnam and then kind of that re-entry for um for uh, uh for veterans when they came back. And I think actually Richard was right. John Voigt was in Coming Home with Jane Fonda in uh nineteen seventy-nine and uh, the other guy was in uh, the Deer actually Robert De Niro and Christopher Walken are the two big stars of the Deer Hunter. So I'm not, I'm not sure who they were talking about. But <laughs> an, um, they're actually they're both very good, but the Deer Hunter is is amazing movie. It was Meryl Streep's second movie and she has a oh. very great role in it. And it's it's like three hours long, but it's amazing because it starts out before they go to Sorry to get off on a tangent, but it's a really mm-hmm. great movie, an important movie too. It starts out with their lives before Vietnam, and there's this wedding scene that's literally like 20 minutes long. It's a Greek, uh, a Russian Orthodox wedding, and it goes on forever. And then they go to Vietnam, and, and it's almost like two different, two or three different movies. But it's a very interesting part of uh, cinema that's important to you should watch it. It's very yeah. at the end. Yeah, I'll check it out. And then coming home is very sad because um, John Voight comes back and he's paralyzed and he just that whole re-entry and how, mm-hmm. how Vietnam veterans were treated in the after the war too. Yeah. And the conversation is just, okay, so you're going to have a conversation obviously with somebody older. It's like a son having a conversation right. with like a dad or an uncle, like an older yeah, uncle. Like you, yeah, you and Nam, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's funny that the women were discussing fighting over a condom, and they're fighting over a movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it would be like the roles were reversed in this right. case. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. Should we take a quick break and then come back and talk about uh, for Joey? Yeah, poor Joey yeah. and poor Chandler and Eddie and everybody involved. <laughs> uh, drama. All right, we'll be right back. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, and we are back talking about Season 2, Episode 18, the one where Drake, Dr. Ramore dies. And I, I, the other thing I think is funny about this episode is everybody's talking about their sex lives, even Chandler, because Eddie accuses... 
Chandler of sleeping with his ex-girlfriend, except Joey. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, because he's always discussed throughout the whole right. series. The funny part is, <laughs> like, give him a break. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Joey. I know. Up to that, the painting in Rachel's bedroom. Yes. It's a film noir. That's um, uh, Burt Lancaster and Elizabeth Scott from like some uh, you know, early fifties movie. But I think the artist is the, this guy who's an artist here in Los Angeles, Patrick McCarty, who does a lot of that kind of, he takes movie scenes and kind of makes them into cool art. So I have yeah. a piece by him and it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Patrick McCarty. You should look him up. Patrick McCarty. Really cool. I, I'm not a hundred percent, but I think. Uh, it's- yeah. Well, probably Los Angeles-based artists because they filmed this in Los Angeles and not New York. <laughs> I tried to find out, but I couldn't Could find be, out. Yeah. <laughs> but poor Dr. Drake Ramore. I mean, Joey saying that he writes some of the lines and he gives an example. I'm just like, you didn't change anything. <laughs> yeah, even Phoebe mentions it. Like, uh, okay, uh, great. But then but, he gets fired because he revealed it. I think this is the funniest thing ever because he, he went on, uh, you know, soap opera digest and said he, you know, writes his own lines, and then the writers do not mess with the writers because <laughs> they will kill you off in a minute. Yeah. Did you know what's funny is the guy who played the writer was actually the head writer for Days of Our Lives. Oh, he was. Oh. Yeah. You didn't see his face. You just see the cigarette and the right. typing. Yeah, it was very quick. His name's uh, uh, James Riley, and he th- that shot of you know Days of Our Lives, mm-hmm. his Emmy, and then the back of his head, and that's really is the head writer for Days. Days. So I thought that was fun. That was cool. And a little Easter egg there too. Yeah, I wonder why they chose that soap opera. It's an NBC show, so that's yeah. probably mm-hmm. part of the reason. Yeah, I see. Oh, keep it all in the family. And his death is so tragic. It was like when Joy was uh, playing that scene, he didn't want to die. He was like, anybody go, want to go down with me? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're just calling you, Drake. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. And they did it in a way to like, we're not bringing this guy back. Yeah, yeah, they did. It's just poor, poor Joey. And the friends all can console him. You know, and he's just really down the dumps. He's just like, this is the biggest thing that happened to me. And they're trying to cheer him up. And he kind of just like, He's just down the dumps right now and sad. But it shows too that actors don't always appreciate the writers who do it. And mm-hmm. it, I mean, I never even think about the writers. The script just shows up in my house. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm, be nice to the ones who got you there. Yeah, exactly. Yes. They'll think of the minions. Like it's the talent there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> A good script. Well, it's not even just that. I mean, a good script can make or break a show. Cinematography. There was one point for movies, I'm like, the best movies are about good cinematographers. So who are the good cinematographers? I got this like thing of watching all the cinematographers because it makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. As Lauren, just- as Lauren Tom told us, you know, uh, movies and TV shows are very visual. It's all about the visuals more so than the the words. Poor Joey, though. His get his first big gig, and it's a no-go now. Heartbreak. <laughs> Failure's Heartbreak. a big part of that. What's also heartbreaking is Chandler's roommate and his intensity. Poor <laughs> Chandler. That, was, that is just... It just went from, like, 50 to, like, 1,000 in one episode. 
That's what I thought was great about Adam Goldberg. I mean, he really yeah. plays into the hilt. And they, and they, the, all these guest stars, they write these crazy parts for these guest stars. And they just, you know, it's, it's got to be fun to come in and do just play this crazy character and then you know, move on. Yeah, like Brooke Shields, she was pretty crazy. And Julia Roberts' character was crazy too. Yep. Or yeah. at least vindictive. <laughs> yeah. And they're all super memorable. I mean, like, I'm sure Adam Goldberg is, you know, like people look at him like, I know him from somewhere. And it's yeah. like, he only did three episodes, but he's super memorable. And as Eddie, you know, with his laugh, Eddie's laugh is hilarious. And then his sea of pals, like, like, what? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I could never live with anybody like that. That would yeah. just freak me out and I wouldn't know what to do. I just love how much Chandler is l- really afraid of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is literally afraid of him. <laughs> oh, and this is only the first part of like the intensity. We see it really escalate in the next episode. <laughs> yeah. Did you notice when uh, the girlfriend is there and uh, uh, Chandler says, um, Joey is a little, I mean, uh, Eddie is a little, and Eddie goes, uh, Eddie shows up at that point, and Eddie is what? Uh, A little bit country. (laughs) A little bit country. A little bit rock and roll. Not a Maria reference. I did know that, yeah. I was like, I just want to say a little bit rock and roll afterwards. (laughs) Chandler's very funny for his uh rare pop culture references right oh this one layers and the goldfish cracker in the fish tank like like he's just i think chandler's just he's afraid of him him and he's like surprised by him and he just like doesn't know what to do and until in the next episode when we see where he kind of takes the stand but you know like it's just it's just silly yeah but then he he freaks out because he thinks chandler hooked up with his ex-girlfriend and she literally just came to drop off the goldfish tank. Well, remember he tried to make the girlfriend look like the crazy one. Yes, and or he was. Back one. Was he was the crazy one. one. She dumped him because he was crazy. Yeah. Oh, I would take fish tank back. I'm like, nope, that's going in the trash. Yeah. Yeah. Get all the excess stuff out. Stay <laughs> away from him in any way possible, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cut it off. Cut off. Leave contact. him in the dust and move on. Mm-hmm. Totally. Did you guys have any favorite lines? I didn't really have any favorite lines in this episode. I just, I, I like the intensity of Eddie, but that's about the only thing I liked in this episode. I like the, um, when Richard's trying to get Monica to tell him her number and he goes, I don't need the, the exact number, just maybe a, a ballpark. And then she comes <laughs> out of the bathroom and goes, definitely less than a ballpark. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Yeah. My favorite part was when Ross and Rachel were talking about their numbers and uh, Rachel reveals you know, Wathala was just like animal sex. And then he's like, no, animal sex, not even chipmunk sex with Ross. And it made him feel really sad. <laughs> he's just a goober. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, that was fun. Coming up in the next episode of Friends with Friends, Eddie and Chandler, things really go south. And then, <laughs> I love this, the uh, self-help book, uh, female empowerment book, oh. uh, causes all sorts of troubles. We'll talk about that. And, uh, I want to hear all of your stories about uh, reading those books and how it affected you. Oh, oh no. Okay. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at Friends with Friends Podcast. 
And if you like the podcast, subscribe, download, give us five-star ratings, and leave a comment. Tell your friends. (laughs) Tell your friends. Bye. Bye.